everyone. It's those good old-fashioned values, and uh, we are not doing a season of TV this week because after South Park Season 3, or technically during South Park Season 3, the creators uh, had a temporary bout of madness and decided to make a movie at the same time that they were doing the TV show. And not like they'll ever do that again. Yeah. Crazy thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they uh, they did this, and it turned out, I think, really fucking well, but we'll talk about that later. So we are talking about 1999's musical South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. And since this one's a big occasion, I decided to get a, a big guest. Uh, Felix is, after about a year or so, back on the show. Felix, how are you doing? I'm good. Um, I, like, really love watching this. I, I like... I've always been kind of like a Matt and Trey defender, you know, I, I, um, Matt and Trey, like, it's easy to like make fun of like the stupid guys who are like, Oh, I wonder what Matt and Trey's take on this would be. But that's like, that's everyone now. Like everyone is like, they do that, but they're like, Oh, I wonder what Ted Lasso would say about (laughs) Afghanistan. It's like how everyone sees the world. Like everyone made fun of those guys, but everyone's the same person. But I like Matt and Trey because, um, a, I think like, they're like hitting like Ted Williams numbers, uh, just like an incredibly high batting average when you look at their sheer output. And like, yeah, there are some like season episodes and like even entire seasons where it's like, eh. like I don't watch it consistently anymore like I did when I was a kid. But like how often they're like not just like funny, but like very, really funny like this movie is. It's amazing. And I also like Spencer alluded to it where it's like uh, they, they were doing an entire season and wrote and made this movie. There's this, like, old Juno Diaz quote he had where he's basically talking about, like, how writers are lazy. And it's like, yeah, Juno Diaz, I guess, is like, like he's a – I forgot what he did, actually, but he's, I remember <laughs> it being bad. But he was right when he said this that, like, he, re- he talked about being in college and, like, seeing, like, the D1 athletes, like, get up every day at, like, 6 and, like, practice their thing, trying to get better at it and, like, obsessing over it and then going to classes – and then talking about how writers would just, like, live this libertine lifestyle and then talk about how fucking hard it was to even start working and never do it. And then he would go, well, like, you know, do you want a job, like, doing this or not? Like, do you actually like doing this? Because it doesn't seem like you give a shit. Yeah. And Matt and Trey are, like, two of the only people who have, like, achieved both achieved success and, like, had continued success, success where they, like, are kind of taking at this like athletes. Yeah, where they're doing yeah. as much work as humanly fucking possible, and it Absolutely. is very impressive. And yeah. it's also, I, I mean, yeah, I think you're totally right about that. And also, like, it's very, like, yeah, obviously, writers are going to be lazy because they're going into like the one profession where just like having ideas is basically the entire description of the thing. But like, uh, like, oh yeah, my job is thinking. But it's. It, I, I think a big part of like Matt and Trey, because they do, they have like the huge fucking stores of energy and they work on like three projects at once and they're all great. I It feels like they're even like, have you ever seen uh, like them in the writer's room, like behind the scenes footage and stuff? No, I haven't. It's literally, I, I mean, and I'm sure this is like a lot of writer's room, but like th- theirs seems really, really, maybe not like improvisational, but it seems like they're... I, I just watched one before coming on here, um, and it was like it was literally just them sitting in a room, just riffing for what looked like hours and hours, like without recording anything. And it's like it feels like they're just like it feels like they're writers, like thir- like they're filmmakers first, then they're comedians second, and then they're writers. And I think that that informs like a lot of how they get, uh, like mm. like a lot of the, what like what comes out in their output or whatever. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, 
Like, yeah. They're, they're, one thing that, like, really fucking, uh, really shocked me a lot while watching this is, like, that, like, the, the premise of this and the construction of this is, like, it's, like, pretty elaborate. Like, they're just, they're doing Les Miserables. Like, it's pretty amazing. But the actual jokes, like, they seem to have come up in such a natural way. Yeah. Like, that you can you can tell the ease and, uh, ease and like, relaxed nature that came up. It's not like, you know, you watch a Michael post-Michael Shore-era sitcom or even a lot of adult animation. You can tell that, like, people are plugging things into formulas. It's the same yeah. as writing viral tweets because they're really, like, just the same type of jokes. But, like, yeah. everything in South Park is very, like... No, this is, like, legitimately what these guys think is, like, very funny. And it, yeah. it yeah. is. Like, yeah, that's where it's incredible. They're like, they're, they're, like, very idiosyncratic guys. And then, like, you look at, like, their output. Even still, I think, like, they're still, like, doing better work than a lot of TV shows. And then it's, Absolutely. Like, you, and then you look at, like, the other sitcoms, which are like, yeah, this was, like, a former, uh, t- you know, Afghani uh, child prostitute. And, like, every five minutes he looks at the camera like, well, that happened, and it's yeah. like, what, wh- like, who's working here? Yeah, I, I, this uh, yeah. movie, mad at Twitter. For sure. Yeah, this, this movie catches me off guard with how funny it is. For I think that reason, because yeah. like I, I don't remember any of like the classic bits aside from the musical numbers, and then it just kind of throws me off because the jokes just flow so naturally with the story, and I just one of my favorite line reads of all time is when they're in the class and then Cartman just asks Mr. Garrison, how would you like to suck my balls? And then he just switches over to the megaphone. How would you like to suck my balls? And it's so stupid and simple, but like just the delivery is perfect. The way it flows out of the story is perfect. The way it just cuts to Mr. Garrison just... How would you like to go see the school counselor? How would you like to suck my balls? What did you say? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Actually, what I said was... How would you like to suck my balls, Mr. Garrison? Shocked at it. It's it's so good. I like their... Especially in the first, like, 20 minutes or so, they just, like, are doing rapid-fire yeah. joke after joke after joke, and all of them flow really naturally. Yeah, and, and like, looking at that, especially when this is, like... This is probably at, like, season three of South Park, so this is probably, like, the most, like, culturally relevant they've ever been in terms of, like, sheer peak. You look at the passion, you can tell that they, you know, I I have a few more complaints and grievances. I do like the movie overall than you guys do, but I can tell that, like, no, they worked their ass off in this, and there's something, like, a thousand times more, like, passion, talent, and vision in this than, you know, like, something like the fucking Simpsons movie, yeah. which oh, just yeah. felt like an, an excuse yeah. to make a movie. It's, yeah. it's, it's hard to, like, it's hard to overstate for a lot of people who, like, either weren't alive or, like, were just, like, too young to be culturally abreast of these things matt and trey were at like the height of their cultural powers when this came out like they were gods it's hard to describe because it's hard to even think about now because it would be hard to imagine like sort of edgier comedic figures being in the space they were where they're invited to everything everyone wants to know them like fucking george clooney is like (laughs) you know and still, like, their desire at the end of the day was just to work their asses off. You compare that to someone like Matt Groening, who, like, in a similar moment for him, where he's at that of his powers, he's like, yeah, I'll be gone, Jeffrey Epstein's plane. <laughs> <laughs> and Matt Trey is yeah. like, no, we want to do more work. Like, let us do more work. Yeah. 
No, they. You know what? Maybe the libertarians have a point because it yeah. seems like, yeah. Yeah. No, they. They're a lot stronger on this stuff. Yeah. Goddamn. All yeah. yeah. All the all these good Democrats. Like the moment anyone, all these like nerdy people, like they like get good at something for like twenty years, and then the first time anyone like gives them credit, they're like, I I, I want to buy a fifteen year old, and <laughs> Matt and Trey. <laughs> Matt Trey, who've like been like nerds forever, like they they could do whatever they wanted, anything, and and they're and they're just like, oh, what if we did like Les Misérables about a clit? Yeah, no, literally, it's like the different where they're like, you know, like Matt Gronick's politics, like as he say, they're just like lib stuff, and then he's like, yeah, I I love I love fucking children, and then Matt Matt and Trey's politics are just like. Uh, I, we liberals. If you like and, UBI, you should be put in a camp. They are, but that's they are literally <laughs> the same. Like those, like really hack tweets about like uh, these are the same to me. That's like actually them. And yeah. what they do is like, all right, well, uh, let's work like a hundred and thirty hours a week and make Les Mis and a season of TV at once. Well, it's, I think yeah. it's also worth worth pointing out, you know, because where we are with the the kind of comedy people expressed it, that was uh like that kind of worldview and thought process was most. Most of like the really talented, really funny guys that came out of like say eight, uh, did most of the comedies of like eighties and nineties stuff. Like most of the people who were on S- SNL and stuff like that had basically the same worldview of Matt and Trey, although with less like sheer fucking willpower to you know yeah. make their stuff than they did. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, um, yeah, for sure. Ghostbusters is basically this movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, they should have uh, had a. I think it would have been really like. Uh, really classy of them to have a cameo from the groundhog from uh, from the fucking golf movie. Dude, I don't know. What if Bill Murray was in this? That'd be pretty epic. What if, <laughs> what if Bill Murray was in this and like halfway through he like ate some freaking bacon? Do you guys yeah. know what I would? Do you guys know what I would do if I was like as famous as Matt and Trey in 1999? Yeah, what, what? what would you do? Uh, Bill Murray whiskey. Enough said. <laughs> i'd get uh i'd get um megan fox and the lady from mythbusters to be in my movie yeah <laughs> see the, the serious answer i thought you're gonna say was someone like D- dmx felix um <laughs> felix just making belly again basically i would actually yeah. i would just do like a shot for shot remake of belly but with like nba young boy yes <laughs> that's like what i would actually that's like the dumb shit i would do yeah. if i was like like overnight if like halsey or someone was like I love this podcast, but this guy in particular, he's the best guy on it. And like suddenly I'm just thrust. I'm, I, I just have these powers I didn't have before. Like I'm invited to everyone. Everyone like likes me. Yeah. That's I'd be like, I'm uh, I want to make a live action Berserk movie starring uh, Lil Dirk. <laughs> and they would have to do it. And yeah. they, so like overnight, I would destroy my powers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's you get one day to make a movie, and you buy that Evangelion rights from Anno, and then you just make it with every rapper who like the FBI has in the black side. Yeah, I just like yeah. I combine all the things I like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Dark Souls is there. Yeah, and you yeah. destroy all your powers, and you have to like spend yeah. the rest of your career just like doing a podcast with Adam Twenty Two. <laughs> yeah, every six hours for the rest of my life, Adam Twenty Two is texting. Is texting me, what's the vibe? <laughs> See, I was thinking uh, Felix becomes the fourth McElroy brother. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes. And it's just, it just like, it, like everyone around me is like too uncomfortable to bring up the idea that I like I could have been like a Spielberg type figure and I just like <laughs> fucked it up on her. Like no one can really like 
It's just too fucked up to even think about that I did that. Someone like vaguely references that and you have like a Travis McElroy style like like serious <laughs> meltdown on the show. Okay. We should get back on topic. I wanna say so I'm gonna put this out there about South Park the the movie. Um this is like we would you know, it's parodying Les Mis, it's parodying the Disney Renaissance, it's parodying like classic musicals like Oklahoma. Um this is one of the best musicals of the past like 25 years or so absolutely yeah it i am like okay trey very talented composer very talented songwriter given the insane schedule and like you know the fact that they are comedians and like like to fuck around with this stuff you would not expect this to be as good as it is but like there's like 13 or so musical numbers in this and i think like eight or nine of them are like pantheon level good it's yeah insane. they're fucking bangers the... yeah i i definitely have problems with this but i think when it is added in musical not just with like the songs themselves but how it like uses lay motifs how it like ties things together when it decides to use song numbers and stuff it's all that is the stuff that i like yeah uh and think this movie yeah. is at its best it is a very good musical i mean you uh, can tell it's a fucking great musical because they do the one thing that like half of all musicals have ever done well which is like do the great end of act one uh like uh like leading into intermission song and pull it off like yeah you mix all of the fucking yeah like songs and and all of the thematic musical elements you have and like a lot of the time that fucking sucks like it's just it's slog to sit through and now it's like but when you pull it off it's like no these guys have something that was the moment i was thinking of it's like this is the like oh this is a good musical yeah yeah Um, you know, as as the guy here with the least knowledge of like what makes good musicals, in general, yeah. Though, so the, you know. there's, I I feel like when people do musical numbers in comedy, like I am particularly thinking of like shit like How I Met Your Mother, where it's like mm. it's this annoying. There's this thing that's happened in comedy I'd say in the last like fifteen or so years, and I I'm probably gonna just. I, I, this isn't even right, but I'm going to blame Joe Dapatow for it because he does yeah. like need to be put in front of a military <laughs> tribunal for uh, funny people. <laughs> Yeah. We're just gonna say. I mean, it's probably more. This up is by like a stun baton or something. Yeah, yeah. this is probably more yeah. Michael Shore. But like, there would right. be like a musical type number, but then it's always like a winking thing. Like, oh, isn't this ridiculous? And it's like, okay, well, if you don't think it's good, like, why am I watching? Like, what's like? Oh, yeah, the joke's on me, the viewer. Like, what the fuck? I, I don't like this. But with this, like, you know, as you've alluded to, the music actually like it fits like a narrative theme. Yeah. The mu- it matters where the music is. It's, like, well-arranged. They actually, like, in typical Matt and Trey fashion, like, worked their asses off on this. Yeah. And, and like, it's legitimately something they're, like, kind of incredible at. Like, in, in a way that d- defies reason. Yeah. With most other, like, you know, what you'd expect is, like, it, it's like the, the, the music, like, you know, when shows like How I Met Your Mother or what have you do musical numbers, it is, like, sort of like a Deadpool, like, winking thing like haha this is goofy we're doing a musical number where this is like oh folks no. did you hear spencer doesn't like deadpool yeah my grudge against ryan reynolds knows no end but um it is they do it like kind of the annoying winking thing where here it's like even as they're pretty like you know harshly parodying a lot of um stuff like you know they the satan musical number is a send-up of like the really awful um grammy bait songs like you know uh fucking a whole new world from aladdin 
or uh, that Elton John song from The Lion King, or just or like, the you know, song that they lost eventually lost the Oscar to. Yes, the you'll be in my heart. Yeah, yeah, the the Phil Collins one, which it's is a, I'll defend that movie to my death. But like, yeah, Disney is Disney is not very subtle about that shit. Yeah, yeah, no, like like especially during the Eisner years, they they yeah they, like their dream goal was to be Oscar bait. Yeah, do, do you think that like Disney? Um, like they're so threatened by Matt and Trey that they like paid for all those shitty tweets that people did in 2015. Yeah, where like it, yeah. Would, be, it would be like a guy who like has posted the N word 50,000 times on something awful, being like, "I think Matt and Trey are responsible for a lot of anti-Semitism." Yeah, <laughs> Bob Iger invented the term South Park. Well, did they pay you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I just I was trying. I was like, get his ass. I was hoping a girl would see it. <laughs> none, none of them did. Yeah, <laughs> girls love it when you take accountability for being racist. <laughs> yeah, no yeah. that that is that is funny how they just like not only needle them but just do their job better than them basically because like up there is better than pretty much any of like those Disney or DreamWorks Disney Renaissance or DreamWorks from the same era like I want musical numbers the yeah. expository opening number Mountain Town is better than like you know most of the stuff the I, I know the one from. Aladdin, the Arabian Nights one's pretty good, but like the, uh, I that was that was not the Oscar bait song. No, I was the talking about the expos- I was talking about the expository oh, okay. number. For what, I know. thought we were still on Oscar bait for some reason. No, like, no, no, no. That it's was a whole new like world. The, is like Aladdin. the one with the short guy. <laughs> yeah. No, Arabian Nights is the uh, the opening, yeah, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. opening Meet the World one, and they do that with Mountain Town, and Mountain Town's better than like any of it. Yeah, Mountain Town fucking rocks. Eh, I, like Mountain Town, like. Most of the songs that I, I definitely liked, Mountain Town was just kind of like, yeah, okay. It's, it's an intro musical number. It didn't. It, it was one of the two songs that didn't really click for well, I mean, movie, even if most of them did. Yeah, Uh-oh. it's expository, but like, it's way more fucking economical than like half the shit you just said. Like, literally, like, what ninety percent of those songs are just about like placing the setting, and this is like no, it gets all of the characters' motivations in like that, that is in, in what two minutes of song, and it the, really like it, it, and it also sets it within like a setting. Like it's it, and it's and one of like the better. Yeah, sorry. I do like how it ends with the uh, the the them arriving at the movie theater and getting denied and yeah. taking yeah. off the plot. That that I will say is clever. I just. You know, it's not it's not something I would I would go back to listen to as opposed to other songs in the movie. That's fair. Um, no, I I really like it. You know, there's a lot of other like we'll just kind of go through them, really. I mean, Blame Canada is really fun. Uh, I really Blame Canada is great. Amazing. Whenever I this feels like such like a like it feels kind of Reddit to admit, but I really do love when Robin Williams did it at the Oscars. I thought that mm-hmm. was like pretty that cool. was epic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is epic, but like, I, I, it did make me like smile a little bit. I think no, it's, because yeah, Robin Williams was Ty, very we're talking about how great the South Park movie is. We can afford to be a little epic today. Yeah, uh, Blame Canada's great. Um, La Resistance is great. I, I like how La Resistance. I like how also when they were doing a song that's outside of Trey's range, they would hire like professional singers to like kind of sneak in here and there. Like yeah. up there when he does that like insane high note at the end, they got Michael McDonald from Steely Dan to do it. Oh, um, fuck! Did they really? Yeah, I did no, not that, even know that. That, that that's fucking a good owns. Game.
Yeah. Um, they got, yeah, Michael McDonald. They got the guy, I think the lead from the contemporaneous, Phantom the yeah, Phantom yeah. of the Opera to do La yeah, Resistance. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. I, it, it's, it's incredibly funny. Like the George Clooney thing we've already covered, like, oh, isn't it so funny that, you know, George Clooney, like the fucking hottest guy in the world, quote unquote, for like 20 years was like, he was like, oh man, I really want to be these guys' friend. But it's, <laughs> it, it's insane how many people, yeah, just like, go, can you please just put me in to do like a line in your fucking yeah. movie? Oh, no, and like it's James like, and, and they have like, yeah, and they have like 10 Oscars. And I have, like... I, I have some insight on this. Oh, I did, hit it. I, okay. I, I, I I have been at like maybe one one millionth of Matt and Trey's power, you know, in the right. best of times. Yeah. You know, I've I've had times where everyone loves me. I've had times where everyone hates me. And like the big thing I've learned over the years is that like personally, there's really no difference. It's, it's kind of the same thing. But one, the only difference is that like people who like objectively like do something that's like more impressive or like more has like more social cash than the thing you do like desperately desperately like do want to seem cool by you right and even if it's people you've made fun of they do like they they want they desperately want to appear like cool even if it's people who have like tens if not hundreds of millions of dollars even if it's people who like have everything that anyone could want in life in a career there is like especially among celebrities who like are anyone who has any success in media is a fucking insane narcissist. And right. Even if you are good at like turning things off and siloing things, you do like kind of want everyone to like you. And I think multiply that like by a million to where Matt and Trey were like, of course, fucking George Clooney did like, of course all these people were like, yeah, no, put me in, put me yeah. in. They, please, um, I'll they, do, I'll yeah, do they anything. Got... Just don't think I'm a dry dick rando, please. Oh my <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah. yeah, no, they got James I'll do Hetfield. The poo. I can do the poo. They got um, Mini Driver, isn't it, briefly, I think? There there are, like, it, and apparently, like, when the first season really blew up, they basically got to take their pick of who was in the show. Like, like they were, like, the calls were just, like, constantly coming in. I like how for the first season, it's like, you know who will be the perfect, like, celebrity guest for us to get? Let's get Robert Smith from The Cure, just because we're big fans. Awesome. Not like, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's, like, what I would do. That's just, like, you know, I just, like, if guy yeah. who i'm a fan of even if he's that's not what you do with like, the show yeah, sure. it's like someone who you just want to meet yeah 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 no it is it's really cool um no if you don't do that you're a fucking loser I, yeah no what sure. brian boitano do is a great number um up there obviously like potential best one la resistance is great the only ones i don't know if you all will disagree um we'll just kind of go around and say if there's any ones that we didn't feel the only ones that i to this day don't really click with me fully is the Saddam Hussein one. Which yes. That really? One, that one, do, I don't know. It That one does feel a little epic. Like like some of the social commentary in the movie, we'll talk about it, but it does does feel a little epic. And that one, that one, it doesn't really work as well for me. And the Big Gay Al one, it kind of feels like an afterthought, but they're well, still that, fine. The, the Big Gay Al one, I feel like that's more the point where like, like it is supposed to be like a filler distraction song. So I can kind of accept it being a little eh, kind of, but I, I'm going to come out and say this now. I think Saddam is the worst fucking thing in this movie. He, I, I did not laugh once at, at the Saddam jokes. I just, I, he is, he's just annoying. That's yeah, all I really, yeah. like, it's just, like, just even ignoring the political voice. stuff, he just sucks in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like an epic, like, I, I was, when I was watching it, I was like, 
conceptually, it's like kind of funny that that like uh, Satan and Saddam are in like a will from Will and Grace like type gay relationship. Right. Like that's a funny concept, but just like they're a little too epic to like hit the exact like contours of it that could make that bit like really good. But mm. I mean, that's that's the thing. It's like when you're dealing with Mantra, you are going to get some like epic bullshit. But yeah, they're not like with them. It's not like it's not like an epic movie type thing where it's like, oh, this is like we have to do this. It's more like, right. no, like those types of guys, even if they're like incredibly fucking talented, like Matt and Trey and have such a high hit rate with other things. That is legitimately also the type of thing they think is funny. So you have to like take the good with the bad there. Yeah. Um. I did um, – I, I have to say one musical number that I think is amazing that I haven't heard mentioned yet, Uncle Fucker. Mm-hmm. I, yes. I love Uncle – like that is both like thematically for like – I think the broader joke of what Terrence and Philip are is so fucking yeah. good that they suck. It's yeah. so funny. It's so funny, and that the song is kind of like annoying. Like it's so good. Yeah. And, and, and also that like – it's kind of South Park, like, or it's exactly. at least like the most uncharitable, yeah, like view of exactly. what South Park it's, is. Yeah, it's them yeah. looking at themselves and being like, "This is what we look like to people who like aren't yeah. into this." And it's like that is, it's like I would, I would put it like it's like the evolution. It's like a step above the itchy and scratchy bit, which is also mm-hmm. incredible. You know, it's yeah. taking that a step further. Yeah, I yeah. would, uh, I would also say uh, something that kind of, you know how important they are to the the plots and like how like they're the thing the catalyst i thought there was a surprisingly little amount of terrence philip i mean i guess it could be seen as just like restraint because you know they're not actually that funny but i was just like wow they're they are really just barely using them they're a MacGuffin more than anything it's it's they're they're the thing that like the plot revolves around they don't really have to yeah it's like yeah i guess that's fair but Um, i i just i do want to go back to the sadama bit because like I agree with you that like oh it's epic you know uh it's get it it's a he's a freaking he's a freaking what if Saddam Hussein was gay with the devil like sure <laughs> but but like and then especially in hindsight now in like 2021 the idea of like just doing all of that about like Saddam Hussein two years before 9-11 is uh fun mm. but whatever but I I don't know I I like and this is very cheesy I get it um uh, but I what I you know I'm not gonna pretend like that's not like my my baseline is I I I do think there was something like kind of interesting and honestly kind of nice about like the idea of giving Satan a character arc in this thing like it would have been so easy like they did in some of the earlier ones for like oh what if Satan is just like what if he's just being an asshole just to, just because he's freaking evil but I I like that it's like no they kind of like built out this whole dynamic and See, like they gave Satan somewhere to go with it I thought that was a more interesting take than like it really really had a right to be and, and I, is and a I great think character the, yeah, yeah and I, I think I the Hussein song was like a good I think it was good as a part of that story even if like it is all of the fucking things you said about it i mean I, I i agree with that but at the same time it's like i like satan in this movie i think i like what they do with him i mean it's it's played out because i think south park like so many like incarnations of satan are looking at the south park character but like it is really fun it's just i wish that like the the character he was primarily acting with 
wasn't also the worst part but, of the movie. Like, I wish that, like, yeah. Saddam could be as likable or interesting or entertaining but, as Satan. But he doesn't have to be interesting because the whole point about it is, like, what if your friend had an ex who sucked, but also he well, was Satan? Like, Well, this is, this is, this is my thing because it, it comes back to, like, Antichrist from American Dad where it's just, like, having a villain whose personality trait is annoying just sucks for me personally. Okay. That's fair. That's yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not. I'm not gonna make it a. I. I just. I don't know. I liked that yeah. little angle of the story, and I. It, it's. It, it was. I think Saddam worked for it, even if I think yeah. your critiques are also like. He, he was yeah. a necessary thing for the movie. I just wish that like they wrote him differently. Mm. Um, I guess we should move on to like you know we talked about all the musical numbers you know but I think we should talk about. Oh, this movie is pretty heavily, like, the thrust of this movie, what it's going after, really, is, like, the MPAA and, like, censorship standards and basically the the outlook of American culture on profanity and stuff. And I'm curious how we all think that aspect of the movie aged because it is very much of its time. It's very much of, like, that, you know, late 90s culture war thing about censorship, PC culture, Tipper Gore stuff, like, MPAA, but... At the same time, some of it does, even if it's very yeah. obvious, some of it still does have some bite, I think. Yeah. But I'll just go I, around. I, I also think out of everyone, they had, like, some of the most right to complain about that stuff. Yeah. Like, well, that is my read on on that, especially for the first half. But the second half, it won me over more. But in the first half, my, my read of the premise of this movie was, like, okay, as someone who is, who is not there, but only, like, knows and has been told because i've been told and read like what the controversy was like matt and trey are completely right to make the the premise against that like american censorship and and american like are very very stupid Mm. that like and that they personally have been fucked over to it and like the reaction to south park was a big overblown but like just looking at it's like i don't know i just i feel like I for for a while I was just like, yeah, like come on guys I know I know that like this country is filled of stupid people who had a big dumb reaction to your funny cartoon but like I just I like I I kind of rolled my eyes at it for a little bit but it it did win me over by mm. the end Felix what do you since you you um you know you you you're probably old. were you're <laughs> <laughs> dancing around that ever been on the show or will ever yeah. be on yeah yeah five hundred yeah. years old yeah, yeah. born in nineteen fifty eight. He's yeah. twins with Nate Ruiz, yeah. 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 <laughs> Felix I'm the, uh, born first out of the Ruiz <laughs> twins. Yeah, no, our, our episode with Nate Ruiz yesterday was just us like bullying him for being old. So you know, yeah, yeah. he he just he had to let me know that uh, I was the previous oldest guest. Yeah. We're doing ageism. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but as someone who was more like more aware of South Park when it was at its cultural peak, what what did you think of like the social satire of this regarding like you know the MPAA and the censorship standards, etc.? So I like at the time that was like you know like any like kid who's sort of politically aware that was like my number one political issue for a little bit, yeah. and I was like totally fucking yeah. on board. And even though I was like a lib a lib kid who always had these like you know, you know, you remember like individual thoughts you have from your when you were a kid, and you're like, mm-hmm. I want to like kill myself. I was so I, I wa- fucking yeah. gay. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. wanted like I want to like be given yep. every STD at once. <laughs> but um, one of them was like, I wish Matt and Trey were liberal. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So no, sick. but it was like, man, they really like hit the censorship people in here. But what if they like hit the Iraq War like this? 
But anyway, like I, I like I, after this show, I will be like trying to give myself AIDS for yeah. remembering that I had that thought. So I, I'll no longer be the old. I'll be the oldest guest in memoriam. But like yeah. uh, I, I, so the thing I liked, and I was really combing through it because it is very interesting to me, and it's very interesting because it's like I mean, this is almost like a hackneyed point uh, now, but I feel like the same spirit of the. Uh, that type of censorship from the Christian right is like, I'm not going to say like broadly the left because that's stupid and not even really true, right. but like, you know, like the psychotic, like YA people who like right. call somebody's grandparents when they like depict slavery or some shit. It's the same like impulse kind of, even yeah. if it's not the same thing because the, the right wing censorship was like more backed by the state, but right. it's still blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I no, could it's... go on about the differences and similarities, but I did like a lot of the their central point, which I feel like escaped a lot of people and definitely kind of escaped me when I watched it as a kid, was that like the joke kind of is, well, like, well, these kids are like already shitty. <laughs> like that when the yeah. parents are talking about like, like, like Cartman's mom is talking about how Cartman used to be so nice. And it's like, no, no all the like, kids, no. right, exactly. Yeah. Like, no, kids suck. And like, yeah, they can be influenced by things they watch, but that doesn't like if a kid sees someone like use a racial slur in a movie and calls someone else the racial slur, well, maybe they learned it from the movie, but like knowing that it's a bad thing to say and saying it to someone, like it, that's already just because like a kid is evil, right? You yeah. know, in in a way, or not even evil, just like doesn't really know what right or wrong is. I I just wanted to chime into the earlier discussion of having those thoughts and like really just like shuddering because you had that. My oh, my version wow. of that was I the, there's that Kyle's mom is a bitch number which is great and I remember thinking at the times like they should sing this song to Shirley Phelps from the Westboro Baptist Church <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I just get her ass I remember just thinking that like when we were watching the movie and I just kind of had to like just like full body chill Leave. for a second just like yeah. <laughs> oh I've been there yeah yeah I, I, like, I, I need to remove one of my molars for this when you're, when you're a little kid, you think there are like 20 million people in the Westboro Baptist Church. <laughs> yeah. It's like the biggest thing in America. It, you have to fight it. It's the second biggest religion after Islam. Yeah. 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 It's just a multi-level. It's like just like a marketing scam, basically, just to like yeah. win lawsuit money. And then when you're a kid, it's just like, this is the biggest threat to America that exists. Yeah. yeah. You're like, oh, George, George W. Bush is a member. Yeah. <laughs> okay, like, fuck. like your, your brain just like yeah. compartmentalizes everything bad and everything good into like two separate categories. I like I think I like only have thoughts that I would like to kill myself for now yeah. until I was like honestly probably like twenty five. Yep. Yeah. I'm the, oh god, yeah. I'm in the middle of that. Here, well, I've I've yeah. a really good example before we move on, which was um when I was like eight, I and this was something I was on for like maybe like three months, like straight. I thought like what if instead of like going to war, every country just chose one person and they played chess against each other, and the, win <laughs> and the winner won the war? <laughs> For an eight-year-old, that's kind of cute. Um, yeah, I, I, oh, man. I thought that I, last I, week. So I, I, I had I had one that was like, um, what if? Blo oh, fuck, this is so fucking, <laughs> dude. Like, I felt like capillaries bursting my neck. But, no, um, I, I, yeah. I want to have I like a fucking bolt gun put against my head right now. Yeah. We're all, we're, we're yeah. fine. Yeah. We're all so fine. when I, I was 12, 
I was like, what if they could get Black Sabbath back together and they sang War Pigs in front of the White House? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That would have stopped the war. <laughs> no one's ever tried rocking so against... Yeah, no one's ever tried rocking against George Bush. <laughs> Andy's uh, gonna be. Uh, Andy's well, gonna chime in and say, "So when I was 21 years old, yeah, I was 21. I was like, they can stop the war in Afghanistan if Sonic and all of the guys from Burger King got to the Burger yeah, King no. Kids Club, um, got together, and called Obama an epic fucker." So, yeah. I, 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 I want going back to the censorship stuff for just a quick second. I, I will say that if I like watched it in '99, I would probably be like much more like immediately like approachable because that was what like because like that was kind of like the the prevailing majority culture at the time whereas as looking at a 21 i'm just kind of tired of censorship discourse i'm just right. fucking tired of yeah it. Mm-hmm. yeah I, no, feel, I, I feel you there there's like nothing really new to say <laughs> yeah no, it's the, it's the same fucking thing since pcu came out yeah it's yeah. like yeah it's not you're not going to get a fresh new take on it, but like they were some of the earlier guys on it. So it's hard yeah, to that, fault them for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't be mad when you are yeah. literally blazing the trail. I, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it's one of those discussions like cancel culture where it's like, it doesn't mean anything. Everyone's talking about something different. And like mm. 60% of the people involved are just trying to like, just Trojan horse in like their own weird agenda. But like in, yeah, or, or just hacks, but like, the process for making this movie and the amount of shit they had to deal with from the MPAA is like it's honestly pretty insane to read about. Like they I watched a couple interviews with them and they said um they said that you know they were indie filmmakers before this and they were making Orgasmo and they put they put in Orgasmo and they got an NC17 rating and they're like okay, what do we cut in order to make this an R since you know like we have to know what to cut and then they were like Sorry, we can't tell you that because that would make us a censorship group. So you'll you'll have to just like give us more cuts and they're like we don't have the money for that. So they ended up having to release the movie as NC-17. Whereas with South Park, uh it got an NC-17 like six times and every time they would ask the MPAA, or it's like or Paramount would ask like, "All right, what do we change?" And then they would just provide a detailed list of what they'd have to change yeah. and they're like what the fuck is going on? What, so, what, wasn't there like a like a famous story? I might be totally getting this wrong. Where it's like the scene with Saddam Hussein and like the dildos in bed. Like they had to go through that like seven times, and eventually they or, and eventually they like or, they like used another joke. It's like a sacrificial cow, so that like the they would be distracted like with censoring that joke, so they could slip the dildo thing through. Am I totally so, making that uh, up? You're con- no, you're you're uh, mixing up two things. The Saddam Hussein thing, they used to use like a photo of like his actual penis for that, but nice. then they they just had to change. Where it did to, they like, get a picture of Saddam Hussein's penis? I don't know, man. That's, was I, it like was it in the fappening? <laughs> like what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like Saddam did have some contact with the CIA in the '60s, and like there was probably like at least one like case officer or like station chief for the cia who would do that who is like all right if you're gonna like work with us i need to take a picture of your asshole your cock yeah. i need all of that and that was probably yeah. came out in the church committee yeah one then, gaping, yeah. one with the panties on one, yeah. it was pr- you know it was probably one of those um there's this guy we've been watching on the stream whose name is mead skelton and he's like <laughs> you know those like southern guys who aren't even like you like, can't even really call it closeted because it's just like a weird type of like queenie yeah. asexual. Yeah. But they're like yeah. four, 45 and they're like, they just give you all, it's like they want to be caught. And they're like, 
well, you know, I th- there aren't any lucky ladies on the purview now, but <laughs> yeah. if I get married, uh, there would be separate rooms for me and my wife. <laughs> that type of like yeah. guys who guys who are like pro con- like neo confederates, but only because they like want to be in that ball that Ellie Kemper was in. <laughs> like they just want the country to be like that. Yeah. Anyway, Guy, I think guys who like... are slightly too autistic to realize that they're still in the closet. Yeah. 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 I, I think like there was like probably like a lot of CIA guys who were like that and like took t- got a picture of Saddam's dick. And so they, Saddam, Saddam like, like Saddam did have the. I you know Big Dick Energy was one of the worst months on Twitter, but like I, more interesting than Big Dick Energy is this one of the most interesting people I ever knew uh, told me that he could tell like the size of people's dicks by the size of their mouths and ears and the angle of their nose. And he did. Yeah, the dicks like, made he, mostly of cartilage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know it grows with those. And he would say, you know, Saddam was probably like, you know, he he had some action. He was working right. with a bull. Okay. Okay. I just know I wanted to just cut in and say that um, the the best version of that that I've ever encountered of like Queenie Southern guys is a guy who he, he was like a chaser, but he didn't know what trans women were. So he like, yes, yeah. at, at, well, like, you ruined the story, but <laughs> I no, was just waiting for it. No, I, I wanted to preface it with it. It's not me, but he didn't know what trans women were. He just thought they were cis women who just like Please, got God, penises is- at the store. Like they got them at the store or something and just got them attached. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, it's just he, like he, at he, puberty. No. It's like uh, if it's like Pokemon where you can give them a certain stone and they either get a penis or a vagina. Yeah. Yeah. He he also had a fetish for uh he also had a fetish for prostate orgasms so he like or prostate exams so, he's so just, he went to so he's gay yeah so no he went to for prostate exams he went to two separate doctors on the same day <laughs> to get a prostate <laughs> exam. <laughs> what the you can hire someone to do that for like a hundred bucks <laughs> i love i love those guys those guys are like yeah. from i've been to the south a few times it's 48 percent of the male population in the oh, south absolutely. are those guys like yeah if you get like a southern dude like if you get you, you think that it's just like all just like you know like racist hillbillies it's like mostly <laughs> it's like if you get a southerner drunk they'll just be like i tell you what if i <laughs> i i look I, I gotta say i'd love to just you know I'd love to experiment sometime. Is all did, I'm saying. Did Did any of you guys ever read that article that came out in like, thought like I I don't even know what I thought it was like 2017 or whatever about like it was like a profile of just like straight guys who like have sex with like their male friends and like yeah like, Jesse yeah, Single what, wrote that. Did he really? Jesse Single wrote that awesome. article like 50 I, I'm, times. I'm turning around on him. He's cool now. I don't remember that article specifically, but I do. I I have seen a bunch of stuff like that on there. Of like, no, we're totally straight guys. That's fine. It's straight yeah. sex. No. Yeah. Felix, I think you were going to say that he's written that article like eight times, too. That's, yeah. that's I'm pretty cool. But um, I mean, listen, you found a niche, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> thinking thinking about thinking about penises that should not be something he's thinking about. That's like yeah. if those southern guys, though, like even did that. Like there's a sociological category called like men who have sex with men. And it's like gay is i don't know if they still use this but it's like gay is under that umbrella but then there's hmm. like i don't know it was a it was a thing my irc channel was obsessed with and um i have to lie about my age 2017 <laughs> when, I, when i was back when 14. i was 14 yeah yeah but um no yeah like uh i like if those southern guys did that they'd be a lot less like stressed out like they're not even doing that there's just like yeah. there's just like no sexual component to their life and they like because like the thing that they they like can't be the thing they want to be like they want to be John Benet Ramsey, 
Like, they're <laughs> right. like, like in a child pageant or like Scarlett O'Hara. They, like, they the just want to be, be, they just like, wanna be fanciful. Yeah. 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 And it's not even, it's not, I'm not even saying they're like trans. I'm saying it's like, no, it's no, like, of a, course not. it's like something like, it's hard to, like, we might have to invent like a new term, whatever the fuck like that is. Yeah. Um, I wanted to actually go back to the, uh, to the censorship story because, um, what happened was is, you know, they submitted to the movie to the MPAA seven times and it got an NC-17 each time. And they basically had to yell at them into giving an R. What they would do was is that they would put in a joke and then the MPAA would, like, not approve it. Like, the scene where they're on the computer and Cartman's mom gets shit on, basically. Right. <laughs> it was originally okay. that she was fucking a horse and it lasted for, like, five seconds. And the MPAA was like... Yeah, you can't put that in the movie. So it's like, okay, we'll change it to she's in a shit video and it goes on for like three minutes. And they're like, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> that, that is a, from what I have heard, a very common thing to do with like the MPAA or whatever the, the TV censorship agency is, where it's FCC, uh, where it's you, you, you have jokes that are sacrificial lambs that you will yeah. fight over so you can get the jokes you really yeah. want in. I mean, because yeah. like everyone, all they really want to do is just like feel like they're doing something. So like if you if you give them that like a little busy box, like you can actually, I guess, get the shit you want through. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. No, but it's even better because they made the sacrificial lamb jokes and then they let those in instead. Like they made the <laughs> dirtier jokes in. Um, no, but it, it is um, it, the the rocks. MPAA shenanigans behind the scenes is just wild. And what Paramount was doing also, like they wanted to, Paramount wanted to tie in music video basically for MTV. <laughs> And they were like, uh, Matt and Trigger were like, okay, let's do, what would Brian Boitano do? We, you know, we got the band DVDA. We'll just do like a cover of that and we'll have the video for it. And then uh, Paramount's like, no, we're going to get Kid Rock to do a song for the movie. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> Hell yes. And they said like, no, that, what? No. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they like they were just like, no, trust me, we're, we're having Kid Rock. So I think what like they did is like Trey Parker just like, took like the tape like the the master tape of some part of the movie and he just like stuck it in his garage and it got to the point where they were almost going to get sued but like some mtv executive stepped in and said they can do what would brian boitano do it, it's just insane like basically how studios behind this just did not know what the fuck to do with south park at all yeah uh, that's what is sort of sad watching this is like there probably won't ever be anything like this again. Not because of like a Sausage PC party, but... culture or whatever. Like I, I sincerely think like these things move back and forth, and we're headed towards like more compartmentalization. Where like there's just, I mean, if you like actually look at Netflix, it's like there's a lot of shit that's like Andrew Schultz, and then shit that's like you know people talking about like just an hour of conversations with their therapist. That's like the direction we're headed in. Where like there's just you can go to one or the other. I think this won't something like this, like a phenomenon like this won't happen again, because like I think executives and like even mid-level people at these companies are going to be so gun shy from times when this has blown up in their face. that They won't let any like unknown quantity come in. Not to say that there won't be people who like start from nothing and, and get in there more than I mean, like the product that they make will be like immediately recognizable to executives and they won't leave a lot up to chance. I feel like a lot of the success that South Park had was just that like the thing they were doing was so like, it was like trying, trying to read a Bible passage to a dog to get the executives <laughs> to understand. So they were able to like get away with a lot of things like 
conceptually that I don't think they could do now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it took like it took so much effort to get like the R rating back then, like in the 90s. Like imagine now when they just don't let you have R ratings unless you're fucking Deadpool or whatever. Yeah. So it's it yeah, it it is really I don't know. It, it, I think that this did sort of happen like at like the perfect moment in time where they had all this cultural cash so they could do whatever the fuck they wanted to. And, you know, there wasn't enough timidness from studios, not just due to like PC reasons or whatever, but just like due to but like just pure ignorance. Yeah. Or money reasons that they could like do all the stuff that they wanted to for this. So one more thing I want to talk about is how do you guys feel about the big epic climax, for lack of a better term? Yeah. The war with Canada. Yeah. It's... Uh, and... Oh, sorry. No, you go. Oh, well, um, I was, I was going to oh, say God. it... it, it uh, uh, <laughs> oh, actually, here, Spencer, do you want to go? Uh, no, no, Ty, you can go. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, did I... Andy, did I interrupt you? I'm sorry. Um, no, no, you can <laughs> Jesus go. fucking Christ. <laughs> no, I... Um, <laughs> no, I, I was going to say, I think a lot of it does tie in with, like, another one of, like, the big themes that, like, I think is a lot, like, less subtle than some of the other stuff we've talked about. But it's still, like, I think a, a, a big, like, piece of DNA for this movie, which is, like, kind of contrasting the opinions that people have about, like, showing violence on TV as opposed to, like, showing sex or, like, you know, naughty words or whatever, which is, like, a, a through line through the whole thing. And, like, I think... As as kind of like a culmination of that, it is there's not really a whole lot else they could have done. Um, I think there's a lot of things where it's like it feels like some of the character stories were tied up like a little messily, which like you can't really expect them not to do. Like it's they had a lot to fucking juggle in this, and like yeah. it's it's kind of a miracle that they managed like and like you know tie up a lot of these loose ends at all. But like I, I think in terms of like. I, I think it fits the arc that the movie was building through, even if there are some things like the whole anime battle with Cartman or like the yeah I, yeah the, yeah. I rolled my eyes at or, that. Or the thing with like I think the thing with the clitoris, like it's kind of messy. Castan's story, it was already like very focused with just like the Gregory and Wendy stuff, and I think like the clitoris thing was like a dumb joke that kind of took a little bit too much steam out of it but like yeah out, outside of like those quibbles i think on the larger scale it, it fit like the movie would not have worked if they did not do something like that the, the first uh the first time chef just says oh you got to find the clitoris and then realize what a horrible mistake you yeah made. that was a great <laughs> yeah. i i i thought i mean the clitoris joke was like a huge joke in my household for like months after the movie. So like, I don't think I can offer like an impartial uh, uh, appraisal of it, but I love, like, I think, yeah, it's a stupid joke, but I found it very funny and very well executed. Mm. Uh, I, I like the subversion at the end where it's like, you got to find the clitoris and then just the clitoris just says, you got to be yourself or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, That's like a yeah, nice little yeah, clip. Yeah. 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 Um, Spencer. I had a fucking real brainward moment when I was watching the climax of this movie where I just looked at it watching like what they're trying to do, how like the build up and lead up to this. And I went, Oh my God, this is what all the Doug Walker movies are trying to be. They're all trying to be literally this. Wow. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Andy we'll stay off of that. Since that is stone. We're not doing the Doug Walker podcast here, but yeah, that li this literally is, it's just like, it, to boldly flee is literally just his like version of like sticking it to the MPAA, but instead of being like 
two godly successful comedians at the height of their powers actually dealing with censorship from the MPAA. It's, yeah, it, it's one godly comedian at the height of his power. For sure. It's two, <laughs> it's two shitheads on the internet getting mad about SOPA and PIPA. Uh, that's, yeah. <laughs> God, I forgot about SOPA. That was such yeah. a cool time to be online. Like, fucking in middle school being like, oh no, they're gonna shut, a G-Pie is gonna shut down the internet. <laughs> <laughs> it fucking rocked. That yeah. was, that, that, do you remember when, like, John Cleese would, like, release a song called, like, Fuck You Very Much, the FCC? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that's what, like, that's, like, what made me get, like, a little less epic when I was, like, 14. But because even then I was, like, uh, like, kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> they get, like, Brian I Cranston. like, a new... Yeah, I just have to develop like a new set of thoughts that I should kill myself over. Yeah, <laughs> getting getting every like, second stringer on the 2007 SNL cast to be like, "Hey, you know what? The internet should be free." Yeah, yeah. My thought, like after that, my thoughts were like, "The game is so fucking cool." The rapper, not the meme. <laughs> right, not that. Like, not that I lost into, the game. Yeah. 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 Oh man. So, I love this movie. Uh, it's I think a great Ty movie. and Felix both do. Um, Andy, Andy you, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. DM yeah, Andy I, I, if you don't like it. I don't it, know if I, I, I would go back to this over a lot of the other, like, seasons of South Park. Because, like, I feel like, like South Park as a format works better in 22-minute segments. But, like, this was definitely, at worst, it was still very impressive for what it was. Yeah, again, it, it is it is knowing just the insane production schedule that they had for this it is a miracle that this is even like watchable yeah. like yeah. It, it is yeah yeah they um uh, i mean okay this is this is gonna be yeah this is gonna be a little epic stinger at the end they should make a movie about like the process of making this movie because it's everything that went into it and like all of the fucking trials and tribulations that came into like this movie being like an extant movie it's it's so fucking insane to like go through and explore well yeah. well yeah. they got 14 movies coming so maybe yeah. one of them <laughs> one of those movies will be south park the movie the movie yeah. i was yeah. talking to uh to spencer right uh, right as we got on ty of just thinking of like okay by the time we're caught up how many of those fucking movies will have come out apparently two of them will be out by the end of the year uh which is <laughs> I, jesus fucking i'm Christ. not gonna so. pay attention to that shit i don't i don't care like this is this is literally our this is our job job. i don't give a fuck (laughs) oh you mean like in in between okay that's yeah oh no when we're watching it i'll give a fuck but like i don't want to know what's happening with that until we have to like for money okay but uh yeah the i don't know it's it's just fucking it's It's a really fucking fantastic movie Yeah. yeah and it almost made me a theater kid uh when i was in high school because Instead, I, I you just became a, a movie theater kid. Which yeah. is worse. Yeah. Yeah, so much worse. So much worse in many ways. Yeah. I've seen the- movie theater kid Twitter. I know. <laughs> movie theater kid. On um, that note. <laughs> do we have any. Do we. Uh, on that note, uh, yeah. we'd like to close ourselves out with more uh, thoughts that make us want to kill ourselves? No. Do we well, have anything that we might want to plug, Felix? Do you have anything you want to plug? A Chapo Trap House. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a check little, it out. A little known yeah. podcast. I oh, just started shit, a Felix, show. I just started it. Yeah, I just started a show. It's called um, "Keep on Guillotine in the Hell World." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do we like we talk we talk about stuff like you know 
what like what if um what if Roger Waters like rocked out in front of Joe Biden? What would it be like? <laughs> yeah, that's the see yeah. that's what the if, thing what I if, think uh, now instead what of what if Black the wall Sabbath. was set in an Amazon warehouse? Yeah. yeah. What if a what if a what if a leftist ran for president, but he pretended like he was conservative until he got in the White yeah. House? And yeah. he rapped while he and was he rapped. Yeah. This is I mean this is the stuff I think now like instead of uh, instead of the Aussie stuff I'm like all that Aussie stuff I was a loser for thinking that, but Roger Waters, <laughs> pretty sick. We we spent like an hour on like Judge Joe Brown going on Bailey J's podcast. Once. That was like, so we were dying at that. I would love like, to Judge, see. Th- I would love to see them have a sexual experience for sure. Judge, yeah. yeah, Judge Joe Brown like being like, I don't get why a beautiful woman like you is like doing all this. Like the transgenders <laughs> are gonna get you, Bailey J. <laughs> he just doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. So just her. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I right. love this it. has been those yeah. good old-fashioned values. <laughs> yeah, bye. 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 Yeah, bye. bye. I smiled upon you this day, the fate of a nation in your hands. And blessed be the children we who fight with all our bravery till only the righteous stand. You see the distant flames, they bellow in the night. You fight in all our names for what we know is right. And when you all get shot and cannot carry on, though you die, la resistance lives on. You may stand in a head with a dagger or a sword. You may be burned to death or skinned alive or worse. But when they torture you, you will not feel the need to run for, though you die, la resistance lives on. Serve it to a pig, and though it hurts your life, and dance a dickless cheek. But that's the way it goes in war 